It's the, the first official message of the new year. And it's always, uh, uh, for me, it's a time of prayer and like, Lord, what do you want to say? Or what do you want to do this year? And, and we talked a little bit about it last week. The, the new year is, is just an, another day, but it, for us, it becomes this, this mark of newness. I want to upfront apologize for all of you who made a New Year's resolution to lose weight because we put these amazing snacks out this morning, and they were running over. I think, you know, like five different people brought cookies and cake bites and breads. And, you know, if we want to fix, go with that re- resolution to lose weight, we probably should start bringing some carrot sticks and some, <laughs> some other food that has no taste, you know. Anyways, but it's a time that we, you know, we get to the end of the year and we make these, these new, re- new Year's resolutions. And... and uh, you know, they, not everyone makes New Year's resolutions. I read one, one article that said about 48% of, uh, of Americans make a New Year's resolution. Um, about 81% of those people, actually between 81 and then another one I saw was, was uh, 90. 81 to 90% of those people don't follow through on the resolution and the biggest part is already done by February. So, so we've been, and, and how long have we been doing this? Who's, who's ever made a New Year's resolution? So we've got, see, see about half, 40%. I've, I've made them. Who's, who's uh, is there anyone brave enough to say, I made a New Year's resolution one year and actually followed through? Look at that. That's awesome. That's awesome, Warren. Bold enough to say what it was, Warren? You quit smoking. Woo! How about you, Bobby? all the way through the year. Resolutions, it's a great time of year, and there's nothing wrong with resolutions. As, as we go into this message this morning, um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with, with resolutions. In fact, if you've made some, uh, to hopefully today's message might help to, to give a little focus on them. Um, but also, there's some great, great websites. In fact, here, I, I copied it down. I'm just going to read it real quick. Here, here's some, some recommendations to keep resolutions. This is not s- scriptural. This is just some, some people. Only make one resolution. That's a, that's a hint. That's a suggestion. Make one resolution. Don't wait until New Year's Eve to set your goal. Set it early. Be thinking about it ahead of time. Don't attempt previously failed resolutions. This is my sixth year of making the same resolution, and by golly, it's going to be different this year. Okay. Uh, don't base your goal on what everyone else is doing. Um, which, by the way, this year, the number one goal is, it's been very similar for a lot of years, it's um, to not to lose weight. In the past, it was just to lose weight. It's now to become more fit and healthy. So it used to be just to, to lose the weight. Now we want to have abs, you know, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I've got abs. They're just hiding, okay? Um, Break your goal into a series of time-based steps, you know, incremental. Tell your friends and family what you're aiming for. That is actually really good. These are, these, these are also really good for some of the things we're doing for, for, uh, in our faith and our, our Christianity. Regularly remind yourself of the benefits of the resolution. Give yourself small rewards for achieving your each step. That's what I do. Like when I go for a walk because I wanted to start walking more, I take um, some candy and, and stuff like that. And every step I take, I reward myself. No, I'm just kidding. But... Um, uh, make your plans and progress uh, concrete by writing it down. Writing things down is good. And last one um, was expect to have small setbacks and don't make these a reason to give up altogether. That's just from, I think, yahoo.com. That's a freebie for you today. Amen. But, but resolutions, it's all about this, this time of year, and we really, 
we come into the beginning of the new year exhausted. I mean, you know, we, we, I, I feel like I get to the January 1st and I'm just, you know, Christmas just about wipes us out. And, and we're looking, at, it's almost like a goal. Can I make it to the finish line of 2017? What does 2018 have in store? And it starts really early and you start watching TV. Um, we don't have cable, so, but I see it on, on social media and, and internet sites and news sites. You know, there's got all these ads flashing up and walking by TVs. Um, amazing, I don't know where I was. It was probably the doctor's office because I've been going to the doctor a lot for some cancer spots. Um, and they, they had the TV on there. And like while sitting waiting, I remember watching three different weight loss commercials right at the end of the year, you know, and I'm like, or rather than the beginning of the year, just, gonna, but um, three from different companies, you know, I'm like, this is, this is what we're, we're being bombarded with. So I found this in one of my devotions, and rather than, than um, you know, talk about it, he wrote it really well, so I'm going to read this little thing about end of year and resolutions. So now I've got to breathe. <sighs> he calls it, I don't have enough time to live my own life. Some of you will relate with this. I reached this conclusion after trying to follow all the advice given on a morning news show one week in January. It seemed like a smart way to start my day. I figured I'd tune in, get the forecast, learn the headlines, and maybe hear a celebrity interview. I wasn't expecting all the show segments telling me how to live my life better. Most of those segments offered the promise of deliverance. Financial freedom is closer than you think. Four secrets to better communications. Others, I decided, were designed to scare the socks off me. Six health risks every person faces, or thieves you cannot see avoiding identity theft. Motivated by this combination of hope and fear, I compiled a to-do list of ways to improve my life and its management according to the experts. The more I listened, learned, and listed, the more behind schedule I felt. The topics on my list range from health maintenance to home maintenance to car maintenance. I was informed I need to eat certain foods every day, four veggies, three fruits, two proteins, preferably chicken or fish, and I think a partridge in a pear tree. I also need to get enough fiber, calcium, vitamin D, B, C, and beta something or other. I need 30 minutes of cardio a day, but apparently with the right exercise product, this can be done in 10. 15 minutes of strength training and 10 minutes of stretching, plus some extended time for meditation so that my body and mind could align. I'm told a germ-resistant mat is also needed for that. I need to bust my stress, nurture my creativity, and improve my posture. I need to pay attention to my finances, save and invest, spend frugally, yet somehow also buy the cool gadgets they review on the show. Apparently, extreme couponing is the way to afford it all, but it takes a lot of time to save 80% on your grocery bill. I need to check my credit report regularly, shred important documents, back up my computer, meet with my financial planner, and read the information that comes with our kids' underfunded college fund. That, by the way, is 40 pages of legal and financial mumbo-jumbo in eight-point font, single space. I suppose I need to meet with my attorney to understand it. And that creates two prerequisite tasks to add to the list. I have to find an attorney and find a financial planner. They assume every, every regular Joe has a CFP, a CPA, and a JD on speed dial. I have dominoes on mine. The list continues. 
Change my oil every 3,000 miles and my transmission fluid every 30,000. Test my smoke detectors, batteries biannually. Change my air filters every month. Replace my toothbrush every three months. Flip my mattress every six. Buy new pillows every three years. I think this is for my posture, but it could be to get rid of dust mites. I need to check my skin for irregular moles. Check my yard for moles, too. Weed and feed the lawn each spring. Grow house plants to cleanse the air. Save last night's roasted chicken bones to make my own chicken stock. Buy undervalued international stocks. Sell my stock price before it drops and stock my pantry for possible natural disasters. I need to fertilize, amortize, winterize, maximize, scrutinize. Suddenly I realized I don't have time for my life. <laughs> I, I, I could not recreate that. That was, that was really, really creative. Reminded me of, I don't know, Irma Bombeck or all those different people who were crazy things. But isn't it true? We are under pressure to do all this and, and more. Some of you in there were like, you could have threw in a few more. You're like, you know what, I also have the pressure of this. You know, we live at a frenetic pace, just constant running, running, running. We live in a culture and a, and a time where everyone is saying to us, do. Do, do, do. And to me, it's all do, do, okay? <laughs> We're being told this, and we're following suit. The, the, uh, the um, invention of the Internet and, and technology was supposed to make our lives more simple and easier so that we could spend more quality time with those that we loved. I remember hearing about this. This will make your life easier so that you'll have more quality time. I have less time than I've ever had in my life. And, and a lot of it is because of technology and the technological advances. Um, and so we, we are, are constantly being barraged. And so as we come into this new year, even then I went, Lord, I don't want to come up with a whole bunch of do's for us as Christians. So a, that, that, can, that can, you know, we come and hear a sermon and, and you're going to almost always get a do. You know, well, read your Bible more, pray more, stop doing this, start doing this. And, and it's, it's a hard balance. In fact, the message today is so much more about being than doing, okay? God called us to be human beings, not human doings. We live our life like we're human doings and we're always busy. And some of us want to keep busy because we don't want to spend any time with ourselves in the thoughts and the things that happen inside of us. And so we just kind of keep running. This morning, we, I want to I balance because there is a, there's a, a, a real balance about being with Christ, being with your family, being a father, being a husband, being in play. There's a lot of things that we're supposed to be, that we, we are. Out of that position, there's a lot of things that we do. Now, we, we want to keep the, the focus right on the being part. And so I'm not going to focus on the doing part. But just because we're not focusing on the doing part doesn't mean that there is there's something here over here to do. For instance, I love my wife, and I should be a good husband. And if I'm going to love my wife and, and be a husband and always sit on the couch and never do anything for her, never take her out, never uh, go buy something, never uh, f fix something around the home, never cook a meal for her instead of her cooking for me, do I love my wife? Well, I could say I do, but, but you would say, well, the, the proof is in the pudding. 
you're doing nothing that shows that relationship, right? So we're going to focus on the being part, but understand that after the being comes, there are things that will come naturally that we'll do. It's really, it's, it's the balance between being and doing. It's like on the fulcrum. I mean, it's just, it, it's really easy to get it off balanced at any time. And so, um, but we're going to focus on, on slowing down. And this is the phrase I use all the time. We're going to slow down the train a little bit this morning. And just spend some time talking about being in his presence and, and really being transformed. So we're, we're making resolutions this year. Um, I think I, actually the first point was my first point too, real simple. Um, we, we set too many goals at the beginning of the year. We just set all these things, and so we're going to help to change the focus. Now, you can have resolutions as well as what we're talking about today. Uh, those are great, um, but, but that's one of the problems. And another problem that we have is that when we do set these goals and resolutions and stuff, they're, they're a little vague. We just say, I want to be healthier. Well, you guys could say, I just want to be healthier than Pastor Rob. Congratulations, you are, right? <laughs> you know, I, I want to be a nicer person. Well, you're probably nicer than the, the meanest person you know, so congratulations, there you go, you're done. They're vague, and so, so we can get a little bit more specific, um, but we're going to get really fo- focus in. And the, the, the third thing that really blows a lot of these resolutions out of, the, out of the water and says that they're almost a waste of time is that they deal with behavior not character. They deal with behavior, not character. Today and throughout the year, we, we want to talk about our character. We want to talk about what God has, wants to do inside of us and has already begun to do. When we come to Christ, the Bible says that we become a new creation. Old things are gone. Behold, all is new. Now, if you're like me, though, you, you quote that scripture and say, okay, I, I read it, I hear it, I see it, I hear it preached, but I don't always experience that. I came to Christ. I know that my old life is gone, but it sure seems like it's attacking me all the time. The same temptations, and we're, we're walking this walk. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and definitely get into that over this year. Um, I was listening to this, uh, this one teaching, and it came from a, a young man who was who was an alcoholic, uh, had been an alcoholic, and he said, you know, they were just having a conversation. He says, so, so what is your goal for your life? He says, my goal is to never drink again. He says, wait, wait, no, no. no. What you, every day you wake up, and what's burning in your heart? And he says, every day I wake up, and what's burning in my heart is today I'm not going to drink. And, and some of you might relate with this because it's, there's a constant battle. And... He says, well, why, why is that? You've been, you've been sober for four years. Why is that? And, and the answer was just amazed me. He says, because the same man will drink again. I had to rewind it because I didn't even, I'm like, what? The same man will drink again. Until the man changes, he's going to do it again. So the goal is always the same goal. I'm not going to drink. What is it saying? We need to become new creatures. We become, need to become new men and women of God. We, we, we don't just slap on Christianity and try to live, but we have to allow the work of Christ to transform us. Go with me to Romans chapter 12.
Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read it in a couple different versions. In the New King James, it says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He goes on to say, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That, that's a difficult scripture you, that, that we're supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, what does that mean? We're going to hit these couple points really fast. Simply, it's that though we're alive, we give ourselves to the altar of God and say, my life is yours. I'm still alive, but my life no longer belongs to me. I'm going to give it as a sacrifice to you. When you were in the, in the days of the temple and sacrifices, they would bring in um, a lamb, a goat, a, two turtle doves. And, and I don't know, actually that was one of the offerings. I don't know about you, but lambs, I think lambs are really cute. I got four kids if I were to bring up a lamb and keep it spotless for the sin offering from zero to one, my kids would fall in love with it. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I mean, you know, that would become part of the family. And they bring this white, beautiful, <laughs> and it gets put on the altar and you know, some of you are already shaking your head. Don't say it, Pastor. I won't. Okay? No more lamb for you. <laughs> Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. You're no longer yours. That old life is gone. Holy and acceptable. You go, well, I, I'm disqualified. I'm not holy. Well, here's the great news. You don't have to be holy. Christ made you holy. When he died for our sins, his righteousness becomes our righteousness as we accept it. We accept it and we, say, and we just thank him. We, there's, a, there's a big process there, I mean, of, of, of salvation. It requires repentance, committing our lives to the Lord. We, we present our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which also is good for you to, for some of you, you need to, to underline that word acceptable to God. And then and if you've got a little pen, I'd write, I am next to that. I am acceptable to God because of his sacrifice. Now, this is the part we want to focus in on this morning. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every day, the world wants you to conform to it. Every day. The world has got a plan for your life. It's got a plan for what you're going to wear. It's got a plan for what you're going to eat drink. It's got a plan for what you're going to drive. It changed the style of the car you loved three years ago. It changed it a little bit because it has a new plan for you. It wants you to love the new style. The world wants you and me to conform to it. 
And, and if we allow ourselves, we want people around us often to conform to us. Right? There's this, this big thing about conforming. The Bible says don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world. The word in the Greek, uh, conform, is the same word that we get the word schematic from. It's a schematic. It's a copy. It's, it, it's, it, it's a replica of, of what it really looks like. In other words, don't become a copy of the world. Don't allow yourself to have the looks and to be a fake, false copy. Instead, instead, it says this, to be transformed. I'm going to read out of a different version. It's a new century version. So brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy, who could say amen? I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him, which is a spiritual, a spiritual way for you to worship. Do not change yourselves to be like the people of this world, but be changed within by a new way of thinking. Transformation. The word transformed is different than conform. In English, as, as, as in the Greek here, in the word transform, transformation, in the Greek, is metamorpho. You may have heard a word that we use very similar to that. Metamorphosis. The change between the caterpillar and the butterfly. You know, there's, there's, these, there's this cute little cartoon, Hermie the Caterpillar. It was put out by Max Lucado. And, and, you know, so at some point, he becomes the butterfly, right? You know, caterpillars don't really have a choice. Not like they make seven right choices to become a butterfly. <laughs> you know, that would be a great blog for, butter, for, for, you know, caterpillars. They become transformed. And it's, it's a process that, that happens to them. And so this is very similar to us, church. We're called to be transformed. Don't try to transform yourself. See, that's the resolutions that deal with behavior, not character. We need to talk about the inward thing, our inward lives, because we can uh, do good. In fact, people with a lot of discipline, I've said this before, people with a lot of discipline can look really holy and look spiritual and yet be a dead man on the inside. Because what they've done is they've just says, I'm not going to drink or chew or run with girls that do. <laughs> and they just make a decision to basically stop doing those things. Have you ever met somebody that just you just don't like because they can go to the gym and start exercising? It's no problem for them. They can stop smoking. They can stop eating. They can do almost anything, and they just have this willpower and this power within them. That's just a natural thing called discipline that they have more of than I do. But that doesn't mean that their heart has changed. See, they might transform their lives on the outside, but the Bible calls us as believers to be transformed on the inside, to become a new creation by the renewing of our mind. 
the biggest battle that we face, church, is, is right up here. It's this, this broken, stinking, thinking machine on the top of our shoulders. We, have, we need a renewed mind. Unfortunately, so much of what we hear and see throughout every day is more conforming to the pattern of the world than it is to allowing God to transform us from within. We need to learn how we can uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to make that uh, the goal for the year is to be transformed. And I like the word renewed. Renew. You know, when something's going to be renewed, rejuvenated, it takes a process. It takes some time. If I wanted to, to you know, re renew a piece of wood, it's going to have to sit in my garage for a while while we go through the process. You know, when you paint something, you don't renew it. I could, I could take my dining room table into the garage today and I could paint it and it would look new. But if I want to renew the wood, it's going to be a little bit more of a process. You follow? So we can't make uh, this new year and this life with Christ be something that we think is going to happen like that. We're going to have to be renewed. We're going to have to be transformed and go through a process. And, and one of the biggest parts of this process is, is slowing down and spending time with God. And just, th there's a word that's, that's being debated a little bit, but I'm going to be using that word this, this year. So I want to explain it. And some of you are going to go home and you're going to Google it. And you're, I'm going to try to explain this so you don't freak out. It's called co uh, contemplative... Christianity or contemplative spirituality. If you, well, so contemplative, excuse me, I'm like Jesse spraying it now. <laughs> contemplative, contemplative is a, is a word that describes meditating, sitting, not necessarily sitting, but like sitting still, being, being quiet and meditating on God. Now, there is a lot of, there is a whole movement contemplative spirituality, contemplative spirituality, that is new age. I'm talking about new age. When we do this, this idea of slowing down and just letting God speak to us and speaking to God like Mickey was talking about last week, and it was a great message. When I use the word, I want you to know I'm talking about meditating on the word of God and on God himself not allowing our own thoughts about God to overwhelm it. And that's what the other side of contemplative spirituality is, is, is that your ideas about God are just as valid as the Bible. No, 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 no. I'm saying it here publicly. But con contemplative spirituality, it's a, a way of just not doing always for God, but to spending time with him. It's just really a word to describe uh, um, a lifestyle of meditation, a lifestyle of hearing from God because that's where we're renewed. Spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer is how our mind begins to be renewed because we have to choose to believe what the Bible says over what the world says. But it's really hard because most of us in this room, this isn't, this isn't an accusation, it's just, it's just true because I, it's just true. Most of us in this room receive far more talking to and, and yelling at from the world than we do from the things of God. There might be a few in here exceptions who just really 
They, they, they turn off the TV well. They turn off the radio well. They really bask themselves in the things of God. I used to really kind of have a disdain, if you will, to the confession of, of monks and people who sequester themselves off. And I thought, you know, they're, they're being no, no earthly good. They're too so spiritual. But one of the things what they were trying to do is they were trying to meet with God and hear from him. We could use more of that in our life, of actually slowing down enough to spend time with God. For those of you who are married, I hope you don't do this. But if, if we approached the way we often approach God, if we approached our wife the same way, we'd be divorced. Most of us yell our orders at God. Hey, God, will you do this, 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 and this, and this? Bless this and do that. And then we go off into our day. Can you imagine coming home every night and get my dinner? Iron my thing, wash my clothes, the bathroom's dirty, and bring me a drink because I'm going to watch the game now. Wait, shh, don't talk. Shh, 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 shh. Game time. You see the TV? It's on. That means. Shh. I hope you like Top Ramen, <laughs> microwave food, because that's where you're heading, right? We, we don't do that. We, we, we spend time with our spouse. We listen to them. You know, we, 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 that's what we're supposed to do. And, you know, some of you are going, yeah, if only. But, but we, we have to have a relationship where we're, we're spending time listening. You, you, if you don't know... Uh, the things that are on your spouse's heart, the desires, then, then you're, you're not doing it well. Get to know them. Get to listen to them. The same thing goes with God. We need to listen to him. You know, we have a lot of resolutions and ideas that what we want to accomplish this year. Do you know that God has some for you? God actually has some things he wants to see you walk into. He's not going, I want them to do this for me. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And, and, and it's a good plan and a purpose. And, and though it may be a little out of context, we use it like this all the time, and it's, 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 it's close. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. says, Lord, and another translation says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. So he's thinking these thoughts for us, and he has plans for us, and they're plans to prosper us and to give us a future, right? They're good, what he has. You know, don't be afraid of the plans of God. You know, he's, he's just going to take away all my fun this year. If I listen to him, he's going to tell me that I have to stop doing this. And he's not going to take away your fun. He's going to transform your heart and your mind and, and, and renew our minds so that we can be transformed. In Vines... It says that we are to undergo a complete change which under the power of God will find expression in character and conduct. Don't you just want to be someone who, who acts out of, out of the character inside of you instead of the person who's always trying to hide the character inside of you and pretend that you're good? 
you know, I, I want to be, I want to be authentic. And that, that's a whole millennial word. You know, that's a, their, their big goal in life is to be authentic. And you, you, if you're spending any time with young people, but they, they've got it right. Let's, can we be authentic? You can only be authentic if there's been a life change inside. We, we want to be transformed. We're going to do that by the renewing of our mind. It's not something we can do on our own power. We become changed into another form. You want to be the person who, who stops yelling, not because you're getting a control on your tongue, but because yelling is out of character for you now. Right? We, we, we want to be the type of person who doesn't look, guys, doesn't look on another woman lustfully, doesn't look at that, that other woman, not, not because we've we just got to make ourselves not do it, but because we've been changed so much on the inside that to look on a woman lustfully would just be out of character and it would be appalling to us. We want to undergo a transformation from the inside. And some of you, including me, I'm like, God help me, because I just don't know if this can ever be. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by allowing Holy Spirit to come and do the work that he set out to do. Remember Romans chapter 7, that great chapter where Paul was talking to himself and he was a little schizophrenic? That what I want to do, I don't do. That what I don't want to do, I do do. I find this war within me. Who will save me from this body of death? Oh, wretched man that I am. That's the, the summary. He, he's right there. The great apostle struggled with the same things that we struggle with. The, the, the old life, the old self always wanting to come up. We find it, but we say, Lord, keep transforming me. It's a process. But the process isn't going to happen by running and by doing. The goal of this transformation is that we become like Christ. Not just act like him. Not just act like him. We want to we wanna be, be like him. I... I love to watch little kids. And then I look at their dads. Little boys do this really well. Girls do it too. And you see them walking around. Maybe they get a little strut, a little swagger. And, it's, and then you look at dad. He's got the same one. <laughs> if you want to know what you look like, look at your kid. And then say, oh, God, help me. they just begin to pick up the habits and the attributes over time. You know, 30 years later, they've been tra they're, they're different. They get transformed. They're still, they have these same habits, and they're not trying to do it anymore. It's not fake. It's coming. They've, they've spent time with, with Dad. They've spent time with Mom. They've been transformed. If we spend time with God, we'll become like God. If we spend time with Christ, we become like Christ, and that's the motivation. That's the the goal of our transformation. What's amazing is that we as we become transformed, I can give a couple of addresses, I'm not going to look them all up. We become free from sin. Free from sin, Romans chapter 6, 16 through 18. Do you want to write that down? As you allow yourself to be transformed, you actually become free from sin. That needs to sink in. 
some of us who've been struggling with an addiction, struggling with, with sin in your life, that you can be set free from that sin by being transformed. We have eternal life. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says that, that as we're transformed, we have peace with God. You know, how many times in your life, I, I, I can tell you it's been a lot of times in my life, have I just gone through the motions and I've tried to pull myself up by bootstraps and have a good day, and, but I'm just struggling and my heart is, is distant from God and it's just not doing well and I might be doing all the right stuff. You, you, you'll very rarely find me doing the wrong stuff. I'm just telling you, very rarely will you find me doing the wrong stuff. But if you could see my heart, you would find that often... I've got struggles and fears and difficulties and doubts and anger in my heart. And when I have those things, I have no peace with God. I look really good, but there's no peace. Well, one of the things of being transformed from the inside this process is that you have peace from God. Don't you want that? Instead of pressure to look a certain way. We don't want to, we don't, church, we don't want to conform to the pattern of the world, but we also don't want to conform to the pattern of the church. Okay? If you're visiting, if, if you're kind of like checking this whole Christianity thing out, listen, I don't want you to conform to the pattern, to a some schematic of what a Christian should look like. I want your life to be transformed. And then you might find that you actually like raising your hands on a Sunday morning. Something happened before you used to do it because you felt odd. Everyone's raising their hands. I better lift my hands up. Right? You know, it's fun to watch look at people looking around. Oh, okay. <laughs> but something happens when you're transformed from the inside. And, and all of a sudden you're doing something, you don't even know why you're doing it because there's, it's, it's real, it's going on. And that's why we don't want to be conformed to the world, but we also don't want to be conformed to a pattern of Christianity. We want to be transformed and we want to have peace with God. It's, it's just too simple. We're going to close the We're going to have communion in just a few minutes. So I'm going to ask the, the elders and those that are asked to, to serve the community, go ahead and get the communion elements ready and and um, we're going to start passing out the communion elements as I close up here. We'll, we'll take the communion at the very end together. So as we pass them out, it's going to come. Just hold the, the bread, the matzah, and the, and the juice and as we continue. See, it's simple. This whole Christianity thing is so simple. The problem is it's just not very easy. Let God be God. Let everyone else be a liar. The Bible says that God be God, and let God be true, and everyone else be a liar. God gave us the word of God, and it gave us the way for life and godliness in him. And we could go through there and pick out all the do's, do this and do this and do this and do this. There's a lot of them, and they're not necessarily bad, but if we don't understand the be before we have the do, we're going to be in trouble. We have to be in Christ. We have to allow ourselves to be a new creation. We have to be, be, allow ourselves to be transformed. So we have to renew our mind and let the Word of God begin to transform us so that we can have that life and it can come from within. As they're passing out the elements, I want to pray for them. Father, I thank you for this bread and this juice. God, they represent your sacrifice by sending Jesus for us. Simple but not easy. 
we get in our own way all the time. We allow the things of the world to get in our way. We allow our thinking to get in the way. And then we can't forget there's an enemy who absolutely hates everything to do with God. Absolutely hates everything to do with God. And if you are seeking God, if you're open to God, if you've called on Jesus to, to be your Lord and to be your Savior, the enemy hates you. So he likes to get his way too. He wants to throw us off track. Thank you, Joe. I'm just starting a book. It's called My One Word. It's kind of a neat, neat principle so far. It's having a word for your year. And that word comes through prayer and saying, God, what, what one word do you have for me? And, and it, it, it's pretty neat. You could go look it up. Maybe your word for, for the year might be a word like boldness. God just wants you to be bold in and, and, and everything you do. Bold with your family. Bold bold with your faith, bold leading your, leading your family, whatever it might be. And there's a word, and, and, and I like the principle because it's a, it's a moment for us to not be so uh, chaotic and dispersed, but say, God, I want to get a hold of you and what you have for me. But God, you better keep it simple because I'm a pretty simple guy. I want to walk with you. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you have for me. I want to spend time and and that one word, I think, comes out of that spending time with him. See, God has a plan for you this year. Got a desire for you, and it's, it's to bless you and to bring you into a full life. When, when Jesus was having the Last Supper, he was having communion. He was having a time of, of fellowship that, that was so deep and special. He told us to do it in remembrance of him every time that we got together and, and had the Passover, had a, a communion suppers to remember what he did for us. One of the things he did was, when he died, was that he wanted us to have fellowship with one another as well as fellowship with him. This year, it should be our prayer and our goal that we would put our attention and focus on being, just being. I want to be with you. God, I want to be with you. I don't want to do for you, God. I want to know you more. I want to know your heartbeat. God, I want to be able to share with you my innermost fears. You already know them, but I want to be able to share them with you. Not feel like I'm going to be rejected. And I know that I can only do that if, if I trust you. And I can only trust you by spending time with you and knowing that you're trustworthy. God, I want to know your heart for me by through reading the word and spending time in prayer and meditation, contemplating the word of God and the things you have for us. Father, as we share this communion, it's a time for us this morning, the beginning of 2018, it's hard to even say it, 2018 to to put you first at the beginning God I pray for lots of things for the congregation I pray that they would prosper financially and in their work and their relationships and, and I pray that people would be able to become healthy God but I pray we'd put you first and that we would be with you and that we would be your children we thank you that that is only possible because of the sacrifice that Jesus did 
See, church, the, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he had that meal with his disciples and he took bread just like we're going to do right now. And he said that this bread is my body. It's going to be broken for you. He did that so that we could be healed and have life with him. Father, we thank you for the, the body of Jesus in this bread. The old covenant was a covenant of law. And Jesus took the, the, the cup. He says, this is a new covenant. It's in my blood. It's a covenant of love. It's a covenant of sacrifice. It's a covenant of relationship. He wants to have relationship with us. And that's what this juice represents is his blood to, to break us free from the law so that we could live in him. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes my sin, cleanses me, brings healing, and brings me into right fellowship with you and with believers around me. We thank you for the cup in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're going to sing the chorus of the song Robert's playing. By faith, we're going to get rid of our chains because of what he did we're going to accept that our chains were broken the chains of sin of bondage of doubt of worry of being conformed to the pattern of the world those things are all broken because of what jesus did we just have to be renewed so that we can be transformed i mean lead us robert are gone I've been set free His mercy reigns. Amen. Greet one another, love one another, encourage one another. Meet up in your life groups this week. We'll see you at Shan's Memorial if you're coming to that on Saturday. And see you next Sunday. God bless you all.